Welcome back. My name is Andrew. And I'm Cole, and this is Control AC. Control AC is the podcast where we talk about republics of gamers and ways to stalk your friends. We have a lot to talk about today. We have two new phones that came out, both from Asus. We have some leaks about a new Apple Watch. We have some news about a new graphics card. And then we'll talk a little bit, obviously, about Tesla. We have to do it in every single episode. And then a little bit about Snapchat Plus, the creepiest thing to ever be invented. We'll start off first with the two new phones. So both are from Asus, and they both are following very successful predecessors. So the first is the ROG Phone 6 Pro. ROG stands for Republic of Gamers, and that's Asus's super gamer RGB brand. And Asus makes every year an ROG phone, and it is the most spec-packed phone that we see each year. It's It has RGB lights all over it. It has a fan sometimes. There's a display on the back. It's made by gamers for gamers. So some of the specs of this phone are it has a 6.8-inch, 165 hertz AMOLED display. With a 720 hertz touch sampling rate. It also has a second smaller OLED screen on the back. So is this similar to the Z Flip? It is sort of uh, in the sense that you can see notifications on the back, but it's really like a pixelated sort of accent thing on the back. So it's just for funsies. Basically. It's RGB. Okay. It increases frames. It has a Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1 with cores running at 3.2 gigahertz. 3.2 gigahertz is crazy in a phone. A- Andrew's MacBook is clocked at 1.4 giga- <laughs> 1.4 gigahertz stock. It barely turbos to 3.2. <laughs> so this is crazy, especially on a phone. And I think this is only the second phone we've seen with the Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1. We've seen the 8 Gen 1 in every Android flagship, almost every Android flagship so far. And I think this and the Sony Xperia, the new Xperia, have the 8 Plus Gen 1. So this is an even faster version of an already pretty fast SoC. To keep with the trend of beating out my personal laptop, this phone uh, can be configured up to 18 gigs of RAM. That is crazy. Most laptops don't even come with that much RAM anymore. Unbelievable. It has dual front-facing speakers, so your game audio will sound pretty nice. And then it also has a headphone jack, so you can plug in your favorite Sony InZone gaming headphones. Mm, Yeah. It also has two USB-C ports. So you can charge... This is actually really nice. I love this. So you can charge normally at the bottom of the phone, but picture yourself holding a phone sideways. There's also a USB-C port at the top. Oh, that's nice. If you've ever tried to play a game on your phone while it's charging, you know that you have to wrap your hand around the charging cord and it's uncomfortable, so the cord will go at the top. So that's very nice if you're playing without a controller and just using touch controls. So from the specs alone, I mean, it looks like the perfect phone. It has every single spec you could want on a 2022 flagship. It checks every single box. But ROG phones have never been very good phones to daily. They usually have software that is made for gaming and not much else. Um, so and it has the, bloatware on it. Yeah, lots of gaming-related bloatware. And the cameras have never been top-notch. They haven't been close to top-notch. 
In Marquez Brownlee's review, he says that the ROG Phone 6 Pro is more of a daily driver than past ROG phones. He said it's the fastest screen on a phone. It has a ton of RAM, so it's great at multitasking. It has great haptics. But he said the photos are passable at best. He said they're flat and overexposed. There's no wireless charging on the back of the phone due to that show-off E screen on the back. But do you really need wireless charging if you have a gaming phone? I guess not. I would just heat it up more and throttle it quickly. The back of the phone does light up and show notifications. The whole phone is blue, white, and black, which actually looks really good. And then he said it is a thick boy phone. He said the bezels are thick, the speakers make a thick phone, so you will definitely feel this thing in your pocket. So it's like that uh, phone that they announced at C, or they showed a CES from Energizer. <laughs> the Energizer phone. It's like 60,000 million battery. It's just like an inch thick. If you haven't seen that, look up the Energizer smartphone. And it's like... We'll put a picture in the show description. It's huge. It's a pretty big phone. It's funny. I really don't know what the target audience is for this phone. Because I, I don't know how many phone professional gamers there are out there. Sorry. It's actually a lot more than you think. Over in Japan and China, it's a very like popular thing that they do there. Is, is uh, smartphone gaming. The ROG Phone 6 Pro isn't really a great daily driver, so you'd almost be buying this as a second phone just to game. But then, I don't think it's sold in the US yet. It's, uh, it's on sale for, I don't think it's sold, wait, hold on, let me, let's just check this and then. It's not sold in the US right now, it's only in the UK and Europe. ASUS says it'll come to the US later. But right now, it's 1299 pounds, which is 1,368 US dollars, which is a lot of money. You is could it? buy a PC for that much. You could buy- Wait, how much you say, 1,300? Yeah, 13, almost 1,400 bucks yeah, US. with tax. US. That's ridiculous. You could buy a PC for 1,400 bucks. You could get a razor blade or like a MacBook or something, anything better than a mobile laptop. phone. You could get a gaming laptop. You could get anything better than a mobile phone. You could buy, an iPhone 13 Pro, which has a faster chip than this gaming phone, and an Xbox Series S for the same price as this phone. So I, I don't know the target audience for this. Just if you are out there listening to this and you game professionally on your ROG phone, we'd love to have you on the show. Please DM both of us. Asus released a second phone. It is the Zenfone 9. This is a successor to the really good Zenfone 8. The Zenfone 8 last year was this easy to hold, plain looking black phone with a textured back. It had two small cameras and a small camera bump. It was a really boring looking phone, but it had a good display, great performance, good battery life, and it was relatively cheap, like seven or 800 bucks. And it was a pretty good phone. So this new one has the same chip as the ROG Phone 6 Pro, the Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1, up to 16 gigs of RAM. It has a 5.9 inch 120 hertz display, a 4300 milliamp hour dual battery, dual cameras, a headphone jack, and IP68 water resistance. The headlining feature on the Zenfone 9 is a scroll wheel on the side of the phone. No way. <laughs> so imagine where the power button would be on your iPhone that you're likely holding. Right below that 
is a scroll wheel, like on a mouse. And you can actually load up a web page on the Zenfone 9 and use that scroll wheel to scroll down the web page. It's a really interesting concept. The scroll wheel is actually kind of interesting. It looks, it reminds me a lot of Logitech smooth scrolling on their mouse, on their mice of the scroll wheel. Yeah. Doesn't it? Like you so can just smooth scroll it. It looks like you can scroll quickly and it'll fly to the bottom of a web page. Yeah. It looks like it's called the Zen touch. I guess this is cool for scrolling through Twitter Those or something <laughs> with one hand. So you don't have to keep swiping with your whole thumb. You can just kind of move your thumb a little on the side of the phone. So for one handed usage, I think it's a win. And then other than the scroll wheel, the phone's pretty standard looking. Uh, it looks like it has a almost leathery back, like the Xiaomi Mi 11. The front looks just like any other generic Android phone. It looks like a Pixel 5 basically with the um, hole punch in the top left. And then the camera bump on the back looks exactly like a Huawei P50 Pro, like copy and paste. It's a terrible looking phone. It it doesn't look great. L the cameras look like fish eyes. They're two giant stovetop burners. Like they looked absolutely on terrible. The back. They look like eyes. They do, so. they look like fish eyes, don't they? Yeah, and the, it's a pretty small phone too. A 5.9 inch screen in 2022 is a pretty small phone. So what is that, like a 6 plus, 6S? It's the same size as the old iPhone 11 Pro or, or the original iPhone 10. But I guess for a run-of-the-mill Android sort of low-end phone, it seems like a pretty good deal. I just don't know if you could justify getting this over a Pixel 6 or a S22. Or really any other phone. <laughs> like, if you're in the Android ecosystem, yeah, the S22 or the Pixel 6. So those are the two new phones from Asus. One's pretty interesting, one's pretty normal, but... I don't think either of them are normal. <laughs> yeah, well, well... One has a scroll wheel, one's a gamer phone. <laughs> good, good point, good point. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we'll talk about a new way to stalk your friends legally. Control AC is sponsored by The Complete Backyard. At The Complete Backyard, their priorities are God, family, country, and work, and they believe that actions speak louder than words, and they apply that philosophy, the golden rule, to every project they undertake, treating their clients as they would like to be treated. They take responsibility for their work and provide constant communications with their customers throughout all their processes. For more information, go to thecompletebackyard.com. Hey guys, welcome back from the break. So we are now going to be showing you how to stalk people for free legally using Snapchat Plus. Yeah, so Snapchat has a new paid tier of their free app, just like Twitter did with Twitter Blue. Um, it's called Snapchat Plus, and it gives users early access to new features, and it also gives users exclusive features right when they get it. So Snapchat Plus is all about causing drama. That's the theme of the whole service. So the first feature it gives you is you can pin a friend as a number one BFF. <laughs> and I believe other people can see this. So everyone will know who your number one best friend is, and they will know that they are not that number one best friend. I don't That's know really how this is beneficial. 
you can also see when people rewatch your stories. So on Instagram, you can view who's watched your story, but you can also see when people watch re- rewatch your rewatch story. them, which so, is weird. So people just go click through like a ton of times to like see you. So you can catch stalkers now. If someone looks at your story five times, you can see who that is. So now we're gonna show you to stalk them. So that's how you avoid stalkers. Um, Snapchat Plus introduces a feature called Trails. So if you use Snapchat, which Cole and I don't, because we don't want to see like 200 ceilings every day, you know that there is a feature called a snap map. So you can see where your friends are on a map of your city and you can stalk where they currently are. But there's a new feature, it's exclusive to Snapchat Plus, called Trails. So you can not only see where your friends currently are, but you can see where they have been in the past 24 hours. That so you can is weird. keep full tabs on everyone you know. You can turn trails off, I assume, so you don't have to give everyone a map of where you've been. That's but good. Still, I feel like this is a really odd feature to put in it's there. It's really Just creepy. This, this sounds like a really big privacy concern. And it's pointless. It's like it's Life 360 but for everyone you know. Yeah. It's like it's public Life 360. <laughs> Which is not good. Nope. It's constantly using your location. Terrible. It's constantly showing it to everyone you know. Everywhere. So now people <laughs> can just see your snap. All the time. Of your ceiling. And then immediately look and see what ceilings you have seen. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> and now see what ceilings you've seen in the past 24 hours. Snapchat Plus launches in the US soon for $3.99 a month. So just $48 a year to stalk your friends. That's weird. Next up, it wouldn't be a normal week in tech if we didn't have Apple leaks. We're seeing new reports of an Apple Watch Series 8 variant called the Apple Watch Rugged Edition. And this will have a larger 1.99 inch display. It will be either steel or titanium instead of aluminum. And it's supposed to be priced above $700. So this will be a outdoorsy, rugged version of the standard Apple Watch. Do we know if it's going to come with a specific watch band that's more like rugged looking? I would assume so. I would I would assume it ha- would have like, like a, a rugged edition band. Thicker rubber yeah. band. Instead so what, of what is this silk. used for? Like construction workers and stuff? Construction workers, rock climbing, hikers maybe. Really anything anyone, adventurous. Yeah, anything adventurous where you're outdoors with your Apple Watch. I mean, you have to really be outdoors though. Because yeah. the normal Apple Watch Series 7 just got an uh, update in screen durability. It's even more scratch-resistant and crack-resistant. So you have to really be in dangerous situations to need <laughs> this rugged edition. Yeah. And I would assume the battery life would be better, too, for hiking trips or outdoorsy things. So the new Apple Watch rugged should be pretty cool. Um, I don't think normal people should be buying this. I think it's overkill. But for those of you who need it, it's a pretty cool gadget. So you know it's a school? What? Tesla is opening their supercharger network to other EVs. That is very cool. For a long time, we've seen Tesla pretty much dominate the EV industry. But in the past few years specifically, we've seen a lot of EVs show a lot of potential. The Mach-E, uh, cars from Lucid and Rivian, the Ford Lightning, the Polestar, all of these newer EVs have a lot of potential. They're really good cars. The only thing holding them back, though, is the charging infrastructure. If you own a Tesla, 
you can charge at any Tesla supercharging station, which are pretty common around most parts of the US. But if you don't have a Tesla, if you have any other EV, you're limited to Electrify America stations or random charging stations you find you find around town. Now that Tesla is opening superchargers up to all EVs, this eliminates the one big problem with all other EVs and almost makes cars like the Mach-E and the Rivian a more compelling buy. Wasn't Porsche gonna create their own supercharger-esque network? All of them were. Porsche was going to, Ford was going to, Rivian was going to. All of these EV manufacturers have sort of committed to their own charging infrastructure, but none of them have really succeeded in doing it. This is gonna help not only with opening up the opportunity to charge with Tesla's fantastic charging network, but it's also gonna help save resources too. Yeah, now only one company has to make all of the superchargers. And that which, way it's consistent and it works. Yes, it'll, they'll actually work. What, what interests me though is, are they gonna provide dongles at the superchargers for the different vehicles charging So ports? this is interesting. So all of this came from a White House memo, which is hilarious. The memo says that Tesla is set to begin production of new supercharger tech that will charge non-Tesla EVs. So it looks like Tesla will have to remake a lot of superchargers, or at least some of the original ones. Maybe the Gen 3 superchargers will support this. Maybe they won't. But I'm hoping they don't have to tear up all the current superchargers and replace them. Because that basically eliminates the fact that Tesla should. Right. That would be billions of dollars. I also don't know why they're doing this. Because I guess it this benefits the consumer, but it does not benefit Tesla. Because... There are, like, I would buy a Rivian R1T over a Cybertruck. I would buy a Ford Lightning over a Cybertruck. No. They're better daily trucks to drive. Like, the Rivian's an incredible vehicle. So if, if I buy a Rivian and it can use every Tesla supercharger, then there's no point in actually buying a Tesla unless they restrict faster charging speeds to only Teslas and then allow other cars to charge at much slower speeds. That would be really annoying. That's what Apple did with their lightning chargers. I feel like that's what they're gonna end up doing though. This is funny that it's coming from the White House because Tesla and the White House have had a lot of beef in the past. Elon Musk has been very critical of Joe Biden. Joe Biden and the Biden administration have not really given much credit to Tesla. Every time they mention uh, EV companies, and the environmental impact, they always talk about Ford and GM and never Tesla, who's always leading the way. So there seems to be beef between the two. And that's why it's so funny that this is all coming from a White House memo first and not from Tesla. The Verge reached out to Elon about this and Tesla, and they did not respond. So hopefully this is true, because this would be pretty amazing for non-Tesla EVs. Could they charge more? Like, what, could Tesla charge more? Oh, that's a good point. I bet they to would. Use the superchargers. I bet there would be a Tesla price, a certain, set, you know, amount of money per kilowatt hour, mm -hmm. and then for non-Teslas it would be more. That's probably how. They and then could they limit would, the speed or change the price. And then you could just like you pick which gas you want, at a gas pump you could pick which charging speed you want. It would cost more. Yeah. This has been in the making for years. Elon's been tweeting for the past. I don't know, two or three years that he's wanted to expand the supercharging network. So I hope this is finally happen happening because this benefits every EV owner in the US without, without a doubt.
So we're going to take one more break, and then we'll have a little rapid-fire round and talk about Starlink, a new GPU, and a cool fire truck feature. We'll be right back. Control AC is brought to you by The Complete Backyard. The Complete Backyard is a custom pool, spa, and outdoor living design-slash-build company. What is the design-slash-build company? It means that they take care of the design and construction of your new outdoor space. You work with them from the beginning of your project until the end. They're with you every step of the way. They specialize in custom outdoor goonite swimming pools and spas. In addition, they also design and build custom pergolas, decks, cabanas, fire pits, outdoor kitchen, and outdoor living spaces. They love transforming a boring backyard into a complete home oasis. To request a consultation, go to thecompletebackyard.com. Welcome back. Let's take a second and talk about the most niche product I think I've ever seen. And the Verge article about this product also has the best headline I have ever seen. Starling's Dishy McFlatface internet now available for Bodie McBoatfaces, just 5K per month. So you've probably heard of Starlink, which is the satellite dish that you can buy and put in your yard, on your RV now, and now you can put one on your boat. The company's owned by Elon Musk. And this allows you to have high-speed internet on your boat. So subscribers to this Starlink for boats can get speeds of 100 to 300 down and 20 to 40 up on your boat. So I guess this is nice. If you're out on the lake, you can use your phone, you can stream music, you can watch a movie, but it is $60,000 a year. So that's like just buying a new boat every year. And that's a lot of money just for Wi-Fi. It's a ridiculous amount of money. And that's after an initial $10,000 hardware purchase of the satellite. I feel like the only thing this would really be used for like on a mass scale would be like cruise ships. Cruise ships, I'm sure, could use it. But yeah, th- this is not like a consumer level product. Not for $5,000 a month. That's this a mortgage. This is like millionaire, billionaire. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I want Wi-Fi. Elon made this for his personal boat. Yeah. And that's basically <laughs> Pretty it. Pretty much. But if you have a boat and you're okay with spending $5,000 a month on the two times a month you go out in your boat, I mean, sure, you can have internet. We have a new GPU from NVIDIA. And Cole is going to tell us a little bit about it. It is the GTX 1630. Okay, so NVIDIA has had their GTX line since the 500 series of GPUs, the 550, and then from 650, 750, 950, 1050, and now they're 1650. And they've had the GTX line for, it's their longest running line of GPU hardware. So now they're coming out with the NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1630. This is a low-end card similar to the RX 6400 and the 1650 Super. It's it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are no words to describe this. It has 4 gigabytes of GDDR6, 512 CUDA cores, and a 64-bit bus. So a not, not great. Bus. No. It... Its recommended gaming resolution is not even 1080p, it's 900p. Wow. So this is this is better than the 1050, the GTX 1050, 
is better than the GTX 580, but it's worse than the GTX 760. Okay. The 760 is a very cheap card. You can get them for like a hundred bucks, like sometimes even less right now. The GPU shortage bumped that price up, but now that it's starting to come down, you can get the very cheap for a GTX 760. But the 1630 is a $200 MSRP GPU. How close is this to the price of a desktop 3060? This isn't even comparable to a 3060. The 3060 MSRP is 300. And that would be a much better buy than this. Oh yeah. So wh- why does this exist? It's mainly for like the 6400 for Optiplex upgrades. Like there was a GDDR5 GTX 1650 that was low profile from MSI that's been used in many Toasty Bros videos, Dawid Tech videos, Linus Tech's videos, Jay-Z Two Cents videos. That card is what that's for. And this is basically just a refresh of that card. Okay. So it's a really low end card. Definitely not worth $200. MSRP maybe should be 75 Like, this is a terrible GPU. So there's no reason to buy this there's at all? There's zero reason. Get a, get a G, an RX 65 or even 6600 for the same price. Wow. The, yeah, like, you can go on Amazon right now and get an RX 6400 for $159 right now. And that would easily beat easily. this in performance. It's no competition. Well, I mean, obviously. Or we can get an RX 6500 for $200, which is a much better purchase. That's similar to the RTX 3050. Okay. So if you're looking for a GPU right now, don't go the NVIDIA route for low end. I would honestly recommend the 6465 or 6600 XT. Is this available to buy now? I believe that PowerColor has started, sell- like not selling, but distributing them to reviewers. Okay, so LTT should have this pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, Dawid did a video on it, actually. If you are dead set on a low-end NVIDIA GPU, even no, no. Like, <laughs> this is a pointless GPU. It's just an insult, honestly. One last thing before we close out the episode. I saw, my dad sent me this story a few days ago, and I think it's really, really interesting. So, fire trucks in North Richland Hills, Texas, are using a new technology to prevent accidents during emergency responses. So it's called HAAS Alert, the Safety Cloud Emergency Vehicle Alert System. It's connected to all North Richland Hills Fire Department vehicles, and this works through map apps such as Waze and Apple Maps, not Google Maps yet. And basically what this does is it delivers a warning to your phone up to 30 seconds before a fire vehicle approaches, which is such a good concept. This is really helpful actually, especially for those who are new drivers. Like I'm about to finish my driver's ed, and if I knew that there was a fire truck or a police officer going behind me, I would know to get out of the way. Yeah, and you, I mean, everyone knows what to do when they see one, but like, it would be really nice to know that one is coming up behind you 30 seconds before. Yeah, that's very helpful. And then finally, we're recording this on Friday, July 8th. So as of today, you can pre-order the new M2 MacBook Air. I placed my order this morning for one. We should get it the first week of August, and we will be testing that, and we'll have a review episode out mid-August. 
Reviews for the new M2 MacBook Air will actually be coming out next Thursday, which is the 14th at 7 a.m. Central. We know this because in Marquez Brownlee's review of the ROG Phone 6 Pro, he was showing off the 165 hertz display and he quickly scrolled through his calendar. And on July 14th at 9 a.m. New Jersey time, he had MacBook Air embargo. So he kind of leaked the embargo release date and the official release date of the M2 MacBook Air before Apple even announced it. And then he patched the video a few hours later and blurred that whole part out. Really? So that's Yeah, that's a big rookie mistake <laughs> yeah, from a, one of the best yeah. tech YouTubers out there. That wraps up episode four of Control AC. Thank you all for listening. You can tweet at both of us. I am at Utterly Drew. And I'm at Cole WW Webb. And we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Control AC is hosted by Andrew Utterback and Cole Weber, and our sound design and music is done by myself, Aiden Perkins. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.